0: Here comes the. Here comes the. Here comes the. Y'all don't really want it
1: comes like yeah
0: Here comes the. Hi, here, comes the, you, the re- time, you, here comes
2: the. You, like here comes Here comes Here comes Here comes the. Here comes the. Here Here comes
1: Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wyrock, and I am coming to you live. We're going into week 15, the semi-finals of most fantasy football leagues. I am once again joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Gentlemen, did we advance in at least a few leagues? Are we in the semis?
0: We did. I had an excellent first week. Did not lose any of the playoffs I was in. And in the Dynasty League that I had a buy in and was expecting to meet bets, Stop. I did not.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh, that's the league I ran into Derrick Henry, and I just knew on Thursday night I was done. I actually had a de- decent shot. At one point, I came back and I was winning, um, but it was very, very brief, and then I got blown out. So. Yeah, not advancing there, but I did advance in a couple other leagues, so uh, I'm definitely uh, keeping the dream alive here for some championships moving into next week.
1: Yeah, if you played against a Derrick Henry, an Amari Cooper, a George Kittle week one, I'm so sorry you had to deal with that in your first week of the fantasy playoffs. Uh, but if you played them, congratulations, you're probably on to the next round. So hopefully we can get you through and uh, maybe maybe earn another win this week and get you into the championship, so... Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump right into the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you
2: to stop what you're doing and listen.
1: All right, let's uh, let's talk about a few things here. First, a little bit of coach speak. Uh, we're talking about my boy Kenneth Dixon with the really totally normal dude name, and uh, sounds like he's <laughs> possibly going to be getting more work uh, according to head coach John Harbaugh. So. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Is the Gus bus sputtering to a stop or I don't know? What do you think?
2: Personally, I don't think it's coming to a stop. I think the speed is decreasing. It's starting to decelerate a little bit. Um, And the, the unfortunate thing here for Gus Edwards is the fact that he has literally provided absolutely nothing, not even one target in the passing game. So that really does limit his upside. And that's where we've seen uh Kenneth Dixon excel in the past and so if you know if he's going to get more work moving forward and Gus is not taking any of his pass catching work uh you know Tom Montgomery's there but still you know that adds a lot of value to, to Kenneth Dixon so I'm certainly intrigued
0: yeah and I think it's kind of something we could have maybe expect a little bit in a game against the Chiefs that you knew was going to take a passing game but did say close by the way as close as you can literally get Uh, This week they faced the Bucks. I think the, the Ravens have a much better shot at just closing that game out early, which means I think it's much more of a Gus Edwards type of game. I don't expect Kenneth Dixon to take the job. I do expect him to play a good amount of passing work, maybe be startable in PPR, but I still like Gus
1: the uh Ravens the, excuse me the ravens backfield where you have to decide between alex collins and buck allen early in the year and gus edwards and kenneth dixon later in the year maybe a little ty montgomery sprinkled in there as well just for good flavor but yeah it's certainly something that's interesting i don't i don't want to start kenneth dixon but i i think he could end up putting up a decent day but um i don't know if you're in the second if you're in the semifinals, i wouldn't recommend it but
2: well, the thing is here, too, is that all those guys you just mentioned are not even their first or second options at the, the running True. position. It's Lamar Jackson all day.
1: Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, and it, and the way it sounds right now is that is probably healthy, but Lamar Jackson will get the start again. So I guess keep an eye on that. I, I imagine it's going to be Lamar Jackson playing the rest of the, the year, but I guess we'll see. That's He could get benched, and that's something I'm definitely worried about if you're thinking about starting him, but... Anyway, let's move on to the next piece of news here. Uh, This is due to the Monday night game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. Game quote
0: unquote.
1: Was it – did it really happen or was I just having a nightmare?
0: Possibly
1: both. It definitely happened. But also (laughs)
2: what happened is Kyle Rudolph did not catch enough passes.
1: He won. I'm sure – people who are listening to the show probably follow me on Twitter. I was on a tirade just hoping that Kyle Rudolph did not get 12 yards in that entire game, and he dropped like a red zone target, and there was another target right at the end of the game where he just dropped it, and no (laughs) one was on him. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I saw the pass going to him, and I was like, it's it. I'm over, and he dropped it. And I about did a flip on my couch, so it was pretty fun. But uh, the r- the real news we're trying to get to here is that the Vikings fired their offensive coordinator John DiFilippo, who was considered a hot candidate to be a head coach next season. He was like supposedly the next McVay or Nagy, but I don't know. He's it's been kind of sketchy for the Vikings this year. Uh, how do you? What do you guys think about this? Do you think this was a good? Because I'm 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 biased. I, I have a Vikings view of this. I want to know what your guys' thoughts on this are.
0: The the thing that's really curious for me is I think this is largely because for some reason he refused to run the ball. They're they're like 31st in rush attempts, and they've got Dalvin Cook now healthy for sure, and Latavius Murray is, eh, you know, he's Latavius Murray. Whatever he's there. But what I don't understand is why does Zimmer not just say, "Listen, you got to hit a rush attempts minimum, or I'm going to fire you." And if he does say that, how does DiFilippo not just do it? I don't understand how it gets to this point. Like, it's not that hard to do to just run the ball. It's not like they're even being blown out of games. I don't know.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, to speak to that too a little bit, like you said, the run game is really what was lacking uh, a lot for this offense. Um, Well, recently it's been a lot of things have lacked, but uh, for the rush attack specifically, and we know, you know, head coach, uh, I'm blanking on his first name, Zimmer. Zimmer, Mike. Z- Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, yes. Uh, he's more of a defensive-minded coach, and so I think this kind of plays into the fact that they might lean on Dalvin Cook a little bit more down the stretch here as they continue to try to make a push just to sure up a wild-card spot. So uh, I definitely think it benefits Dalvin Cook.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing is the Vikings are still in the wild-card race here, so they had to do something, and they can't—I heard this on the radio today— Um the issues are between Kirk Cousins, the offensive line, and John D. Filippo. But you can't fire Kirk Cousins. You can't fire the offensive line. So you're kind of left with only one choice, and that was to fire the offensive coordinator. So they they're going to use that as a catalyst and hopefully shake things up. But I guess we got to keep keep an eye on that. That's not like an instant like turnaround for the offense. You got to you got to keep an eye on these guys and see what they do going forward. But um, yeah, I don't know. One last piece of news before we get into the The relevant injuries, is I got to bring this up quick. This is like a keeper dynasty type thing, but let's talk about it quick. Darius Geis apparently had a setback uh, from his surgery he had this season. He tore his ACL, obviously, in the preseason, and apparently he, kind of similarly to Alex Smith, got an infection uh, from one of the surgeries, and this is just mind-boggling to me what they're doing in Washington to cause this, but... Uh, he was going to be, you know, the starting running back. Could be next year still, but uh, just something to keep an keep keep an eye out on, I guess.
2: Yeah, for sure. And the thing that was going on there, you know, with Geiss is he's had. I was just reading an article about it. He had three additional surgeries to basically drain. Uh, fluid from the infection in his knee and it set him back a couple of months but the fortunate thing for Geis is that even though his timeline was set back initially this shouldn't really have any long-term effects as long as they get that all cleaned up and he's he's cleared now Um, I don't know if any of you guys follow him on social media but he's super interactive and fun to follow Uh, he's posting workout videos and things like that all the time so I'm interested in what he's doing Uh, and he's looking pretty good at this point so Yes, he's a little bit behind of where he should be, but he got injured in the first week of the preseason, which I believe the date that comes to mind is August 9th. Don't quote me on that, but uh, early August, and so he will still have plenty of time to be ready. So I do think that he's he's good to go in terms of being able to go for week one next year.
1: All right. Well, uh, now let's let's jump into some more like relevant to this week type injury news.
0: Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Uh,
1: this- there's a lot of injury news for this Thursday night game. The Chiefs are playing the Chargers, and Melvin Gordon is questionable. Austin Eckler has already been ruled out. Spencer Ware is I, – I think I heard now ruled out, right? Is that correct? I, I heard he was doubtful. doubtful. But,
2: the Last I saw was um, doubtful, but in today's NFL, you might as well chalk that a- up as out. According
1: – yeah, that's true. According to Nate Hamilton, I just substitute – <laughs> uh, hosted the Fantasy Till podcast. He he said he heard that he was out. So maybe there's there's that news out there. We'll we'll take a look. But certainly things are looking bleak for him. And uh, Sammy Watkins ruled out. It was Tyreek Hill is questionable. There's injuries, guys. What <laughs> what's your takeaway from all this? Basically,
2: yeah, I think the biggest concern. You know, it's nice that we have some clarity about a couple of these guys. With Eckler uh, Watkins, we kind of didn't really expect to play, so he's he's gone. Um, and now where more than likely, I would say there's like a 95% chance he doesn't play. Um, so it's nice to have some clarity, especially on a Thursday. You know, It'll allow a lot of flexibility moving forward for your lineups. Uh, but the big two that we got to talk about are Tyree Hill and, and Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon coming off the MCL, You know, this is two and a half-ish weeks or so from his injury, so he's kind of within that timeline of what we expected. But coming on a short week here, they don't do a lot in practice, so it's hard to say what he's truly doing. Um, the thing that I've kind of been thinking about with him is the fact that If you go back two weeks, he pushed to play through an injury, and I think that he's going to push this staff to let him play. And ultimately, I do expect him to go ahead and play. And for me, that staff is not going to put him out there and limit his workload if they are at all hesitant. For them, they're doing so well. They're headed for the playoffs. It doesn't make sense to put him out there at anything less than what they feel is 100%. So if he is active, I feel very comfortable rolling him out there with the full workload. Uh, so i am curious bet with this particular injury
0: it's not really like a pain management thing right it's more like he either
2: really can run full speed or he can't is that is that accurate uh pretty much it's not necessarily the running that's bothersome coming off of an mcl injury the ligament stabilizes the inside of your knee and so when you go to cut and he'll plant off of his knee Uh, to cut in the opposite direction that's when it will get stressed um I do expect him to play with a brace to provide a little extra support uh but the thing is is that if he is out there and he you know and they clear him I don't think that that staff makes a bad decision and says yeah you're almost back and you're good enough go play I think that truly they say okay if you're gonna play you're 100% go ahead and do it so uh, I'm more comfortable with that situation than like a hamstring per se Yeah, that's kind of what I was hoping to hear.
0: And I will say, if they win this game, they'll have the same record as Chiefs. And things go to weird other tiebreakers because they'll be one and one head-to-head with the Chiefs. But if they can pull off a division win, that would be massive. So I expect them to try to do that as hard as possible, which means getting Gordon out if there's even a decent chance that he'll be 100% or close to it.
1: Yeah, I think the way I see it is if if Gordon suits up and plays, that I'm gonna start him. And uh, th- there's really nothing else to mm-hmm. say there. Justin Jackson, I would probably not start if, uh, if Melvin Gordon is active as well. So it's kind of a wait and see. Unfortunately, you got to just uh, take the news tomorrow and uh, kind of work from there. And there's probably a lot of context specific things that that could go wrong there. So yeah, and something to keep an eye on. I was yep, gonna go say, ahead. can we just touch
2: on Tyree Kill real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so with him, basically what's going on here kind of seems it's a heel injury and we don't know exactly what's going on there, but it's not as Achilles and there's only a couple things that sit in your heel. You can kind of bruise the bone uh, and there's also a what's called a fat pad. It provides a little bit of kind of extra cushion and support there to the bone. That can get bruised and it can be really painful, but i got to give a shout out here to Dr. Chow, which we all know is ProFootballDoc on Twitter. Uh, he mm-hmm. makes my life a lot easier uh, and he was saying it with his analysis is that with that injury, when you go to push off with your toe, it doesn't really get stressed. And so for Hill, if he's running full speed out there on the field, which we saw, you know, against the Ravens, he should be fine. It's when he goes to try to decelerate and like actually dig his heel into the ground and stop that bothers him. So uh, I think if Hill's active, which the sentiment around the league right now is that he will be, you have to play him.
1: Yep. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on here from that game since there, there was a lot there, but uh, it looks like Odell Beckham was, I think he was limited, or did he not practice today?
2: It was initially reported as, did not practice, and then they changed it to limited, which I don't know how okay. teams do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like trying to throw a curveball with the injury report or something, but he, had a, he has a quad injury, and uh, was is that the same, it was a quad that kept him out of the last week's game?
2: Yeah, he's dealing with a quadriceps contusion, uh, which he initially sustained in week 12.
1: Okay. So keep an eye on his practice regimen. That's pretty much the telltale sign there. Uh, looks like Carson Wentz is dealing with an injury that, uh, this just came through the pipeline today, that it looks like it might keep him out. It's a back injury, and it could keep him out for the rest of the year. What what are, you, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, it kind of feels like it came out of nowhere, but in reality, uh, Carson Wentz has actually been on the injury report off and on for his back, dating back to the month of October. So um, it's really is not coming out of nowhere, and that's the thing that we know about like back injuries and back pain is that they tend to be kind of like a roller coaster ups and downs back and forth uh so he's been on and off the injury report and he's played through it so for us you know we don't really pay attention much to it um but the fact that they're already predicting on a random wednesday that he's not going to play on sunday and then it might be something that they shut him out for the year you have to think that he suffered a setback of some sort or an aggravation that really worsened things um this past week so uh, definitely just a situation to monitor but if you're counting on Wentz for this week you need to make backup plans immediately
1: and he was already kind of struggling so uh, seeing this is not really a good look Um, the offense as a whole has been kind of meh in the last you know six or so weeks but yeah this is kind of sucks Nick Foles would step in and that's not exciting at all for anything Yeah, yeah, what do you mean, well, Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles? <laughs> it's a long time ago, guys. It's a long time ago <laughs> Not in that the long NFL. ago. Not that long
2: ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging on by a thread uh, here, Kent. It's been a rough season.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, let's move on and talk about the Ravens. Um, Joe Flacco has that hip injury. Sounds like he's leaning towards being active for this game. I, mean, you know, I, th- I think all signs were pointing towards it last week, and he was still inactive at the last moment. So uh, Lamar Jackson has already been declared the starter, although he is – dealing with an ankle injury himself. I kind of mentioned it earlier. I'd be worried about Lamar Jackson getting benched if something went awry in this game. Do you, either of you guys share that concern, or how do you view this situation?
0: I think it would have to go very awry for them to bench Lamar Jackson. He's 3-1 and one since he took over and took the Chiefs to overtime. Uh, Flacco was on a down spiral before he got this injury um and sat out a few weeks allowing Jackson to take over so especially in this game against a terrible Bucks defense I don't I don't really see Jackson imploding in any sort of uh concerning way and then he's got a decent chance at taking them through the Chargers we'll see what happens there that's going to be a close game and then the Browns so I think they're kind of just deciding to go with Jackson rest of the season and I'm not too concerned about Flacco coming in and Stealing work or the job or anything like that
1: yeah i I'm not really worried either, but I have to pose the question because I'm the host so that, that's my that's <laughs> my written rule um <laughs> uh, bets any any medical perspective on the hip and the ankle here
2: uh, as far as Joe Flacco and the hip it's it's a strange situation that they kept him inactive last week because he practiced in full for the first time on Friday, which tells you you know he's he's back basically um he's practicing in full for this week, and so I do expect him to be active, but like you said, they've already said he's backing up Lamar Jackson. The ankle is, is your typical lateral ankle sprain where you roll it inwards. Um, I do expect him to play with that ankle either taped or wearing a brace to provide some support. Um, not sure exactly how it will affect his ability to run the ball, but if they are going to commit to him and have to play a Bucks defense that is not great, I would imagine that they may lean on the run a little bit more, uh, which means, like you said earlier, a little bit more Kenneth Dixon and Gus Edwards.
1: Yeah, I think I can agree with that. So um, let's go ahead and talk about Isaiah Crowell, who's dealing with a toe-slash-foot injury. I mean, he was seen wearing a boot, and that's not like Canadian, like, what are you talking about? That's boot? That's like, he's wearing a boot on his foot. So uh, that's uh, that's not good news for a running back. I think you need to not have a boot on when you're playing running back.
2: Yeah, that is highly encouraged that you wear your cleats uh, on game day. Boots are not, <laughs> not encouraged. Um, yeah, this is this is a toe injury that he entered with last week. He almost didn't play, and then you know we saw this uh, situation kind of play out, almost similar to an A.J. Green-esque type of situation where he was in. Uh, he got aggravated by that toe injury when he tried to push off of it, um, and now they're calling it a foot sprain, so it's kind of weird in terms of the terminology, but I, I do think it's more of that turf toe type of injury than anything, uh, and I would be really shocked if he plays this week.
0: And unfortunately, they're going up against the Texans, so I don't really feel great about playing any handcuffy yeah. sort of backup options, unless you're really, really, really desperate.
1: Yeah, it'd be Elijah McGuire, and I like him as a talent, but this week is not the week to play him. All right, before we get out of this news, a couple of quick-hitting uh, pieces of, of news here. Uh, on Johnson has yet to resume practicing, not looking good for him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill likely to be limited in practice sounds like he has a ankle sprain uh, something to monitor throughout the week you might be starting him or considering maybe like a Kenny Stills or an Amendola so something to keep an eye on LaShawn McCoy is considered day-to-day with a hammy he exited the week 14 game from that injury Jordan Reed is done for the year with a foot sprain wait is that official he's done for the year
2: Basically, yes. They said this is going to cost <laughs> him multiple weeks. He's not on injured reserve or anything like that yet. Um, not practicing, but it's and not, Jordan Reed. But so. it's Jordan Reed. Yeah. <laughs> um, they said that he he's going to be out for multiple weeks. Obviously, we're entering week 15, and the Redskins have zero shot of any postseason aspirations with what's going on there. So they said basically this is probably going to be an end of, the, end of season injury, but it's more formality because there's three weeks left.
1: Well, it's a good thing that I handcuffed Jordan Reed with Vernon Davis in the Listener League.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Go Kent, because I'm out. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I was out about eight weeks ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, and then James Conner still not practicing, although there's been some good kind of reports about him moving around fine uh, without a limp or anything. So, But still, you want to see him practice to uh, get a good sign of whether or not he's going to play. If he doesn't, Jalen Samuels. Once again, he was a good start.
2: I bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the end of
1: the day. All right, let's go ahead and move over to the over/under segment. But I'm sad. Oh I'm no! Sad. I uh, I am now the only person on this show to both have a five-point week. Yes, and a zero-point <laughs> week. Oh, I posted zero-point week. I posted a big old goose egg. Uh. Man, I'm sad. Okay, Okada had three points. Betts had four points, and that means we have a new leader in town. Let's go. Betts Betts has pulled ahead with 36 points. I have 33, and Okada has 31. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, things are getting real interesting. But uh, real quick recap, we talked about Aaron Rodgers, Gus Bus, Brandon Cooks, uh, Jalen Samuels, and then we did a flex choice between Russell Wilson – and Lamar Jackson. So I got all of those wrong. And uh <laughs> yeah, that makes it easy you when guys, you go to
2: score, you know, you tally
1: it up. So the ones that you guys got wrong, you took the over on Gus Bus and he was under. And then uh Okada, you chose Russell Wilson, when in fact Lamar Jackson was oh. the higher scoring quarterback. Yeah, Russell Wilson had eight point nine eight points this last week. Pretty uh pretty disappointing. It's not so, a good game. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on over to the new choices, although I've just moved this around. Okay, here we go. Up this week, I kind of chose guys that have hard matchups. That was that was kind of my, my decision choice here. Um, other than that, nothing really there. But up first at the quarterback position, we're talking about Andrew Luck. He's been pretty good this year, but he's going up against Dallas at home, a defense that's been very good this year. He is projected for 19.8 points. Okada, you first. Over or under?
0: Ugh, yes, this defense has been extremely good. I would say elite, but except for one very, very, very strange game against the Jaguars that really can't be explained, Andrew Luck has also been elite, and I'm going to take the over. I'm going to have faith in the captain, uh, and if, if the Cowboys can be beat anywhere on defense, it's by the tight end, so I expect this to be an Eric Ebron game. That connection Mm -hmm. is out of control, good. And honestly, I don't, I don't know exactly how it happened because Quentin Nelson can't be the only solution. But the Colts offensive line is one of the best in the league, so I expect them to be able to get Andrew Luck time that a lot of other teams don't have against the Cowboys and uh, put up some points enough to top nineteen
1: point eight. That offensive line, I believe, is getting their center back. Am I correct in that? That's off the top of my head. Might not Not be. Not sure. all right okay Betts you go ahead yeah
2: I love the season Andrew Luck is having I've talked about it previously with our over-unders with him three plus touchdown passes in eight of 13 games only had less than two so single digit or zero uh, in just two games this year he's so easy to plug in your lineup and set it and forget it I don't see how he goes under this number I'm gonna take the over
1: yeah, I'm going to take the over, too, and I, I I did find it. They got their center, Ryan Kelly, back at practice, so that's a good sign for them. Uh, he's their starter. And, uh, yeah, I'm taking the over as well. He the, Luck is throwing for, like, 20, 25 points almost every single game. Ah, uh, you got to take the over. You got to just go with the odds on that one, even though Dallas has been good. Up next, we're going to talk about Aaron Jones. He is playing... In Chicago against those Bears, and he's projected for 12.6 points. Betts, we'll start with you on this one. Would you like the over or the under?
2: Oh, God, those Bears. They're so scary. Those scary Bears. Big
1: scary Bears.
2: Uh, I got to take the under here with Aaron Jones. Did you guys watch the game last week with Todd Gurley? Unfortunately, yes. My goodness, that defense was suffocating him. 11 rushes for 28 yards, so uh, if Gurley can't do it, man, i don't think aaron jones can
1: (laughs) yeah that's fair is that an official under that
2: is an official under
1: that's an official under okay i'll go second on this one um yeah uh i'm not excited about aaron Rodgers. the wide receivers the running back the offensive line is in shambles i think the bears just stomp all over the packers guts in this game and so There's going to be no opportunity to run the ball. I am also going to take the under.
0: I need one of these ones where you guys both agree to be one I can actually take the over on for this incredible comeback to continue, but I cannot take Aaron (laughs) Jones 12.6 or more against the Bears, who, yeah, I mean, we're talking Legion of Boom levels of elite, if not better, is how good this defense is playing. They are extremely talented, and to make matters worse, it's in Chicago where we just saw the Rams. Possibly the best offense in the league, certainly one of the best three, get Mm -hmm. annihilated. So no thank you, no part of this.
1: Yeah, Um, okay, so we're matching through two. That's unfortunate, but that's okay. Uh, This one might be a little bit more interesting. Kenny Galladay is going to be our wide receiver choice. He's playing at the buffalo bills and he is projected for 9.1 points coming off a very disappointing game uh i'll go first on this one he's gonna be going against Tre'Davious white and that so far this season has been a bad matchup so i'm gonna go ahead and sit him down i'm gonna say he's under that
0: sigh uh, that's exactly what i have in my notes <laughs> and, unfortunately, he does not look to be up to the, the challenge of beating these elite guys. He just got squashed by the Rams with Talib and Patrick Peterson on the Cardinals in the past couple weeks. So, I kind of see the the same thing happening. The, the Lions are just terrible. They're quickly descending into one of the yeah. worst teams in the league right now. Stafford's yep. playing his worst football in ages, and they have no running game. So, I don't want any part again. Under.
2: Yeah, this is boring, uh, but I agree with everything you guys have said. Matt Stafford is currently still playing through a back injury as well, and I think that's part of the reason. I'm going to try to cut him some slack. Part of the reason that he's been playing so bad, but, yeah, it has been miserable. He has not thrown multiple touchdown passes since Week 10. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely am taking the under here with Kenny Galladay.
1: Um, so we're matching once again? Yes. Is that three? Three matching. Okay. This, I like how this is going because I'm going to stay in this yeah. place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Okada, we got to make. I think now we, we should make bets go first for these last two. Ooh, I like it. I like just it. Just to make things interesting. All right. I'll maybe take it, we should uh, just always make
0: the leader go Actually, free. I was going to
1: say that should have really been a rule for like the whole <laughs> time. But um, maybe we'll start that next week. But all right. Up, up next at the tight end position, we're talking about Evan Ingram playing at home against the Tennessee Titans. He's projected for. 7.6 points and uh yeah bets you can go first
2: yeah this one I struggled with a bit because that number is pretty low I think that it's definitely possible he goes over uh but I'm gonna take the under with this one he just hasn't been on the field his snap count hasn't been over 60 percent since week 11 I know he's been dealing with that hamstring injury as well uh and it's weird because the team is using Rhett Ellison a ton they're almost splitting snaps evenly down the middle um yeah, i got to take the under with this one on Evan Ingram, even if o- Odell Beckham doesn't play.
1: Yeah, Okada, how do you feel about it?
0: <sighs> this is really close to being one where I could pivot, even though I wanted to take the under. But I I just can't. I do not have faith in Evan Ingram. It's been that way since the preseason when I wrote an article against bets, <laughs> saying yeah. I wanted no part. I'll and concede I still that. Don't, you uh, I, yeah, you correct. I still don't want it. Um, the Titans are number one against fantasy tight ends, and they have not allowed a single receiving touchdown to one all season. Even if Odell does not play, and certainly if he does, I think Ingram would have to catch a touchdown to top this number. And I, I just don't think you're going to break that trend this week. So I have to take the under.
1: Okay. Well, for the sake of the bit, I'm going to take the over <laughs> and just hope go. he gets a touchdown um just because we got to mix it up but uh, honestly um I mean he's got potential and by the way Rhett Ellison he's a former Viking I love Rhett Ellison he's a great all-around player good blocker he's a good player and that's why he's been on the field so much yep yeah Sheriff Rhett (laughs) Ellison I I like him a lot but uh yeah I just hope Angram gets a touchdown that's really it because if he doesn't he's not going over this number in the flex position things might get a little bit more interesting we have Amari Cooper uh he's playing at the Indianapolis Colts going against Stefan Diggs at home against Miami with a new offensive coordinator so Okada which one do you want
0: well I know what you're gonna pick so the question is what is Betts gonna pick and I I think Betts is going to agree with me, which is unfortunate, because then I'll be equal with Betts all the way across the board and have no chance to make up any points. But it's too bad. I'm doing what I wanted to do anyways, and I'm going with Amari Cooper against the Colts. In the words of Will Ferrell in Zoolander, he's so hot right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Cooper has the most
0: receiving yards and the most receiving touchdowns in the NFL since he became a Cowboy. It Mm -hmm. has been incredible. The talent that he did have but seemed to have lost clearly was still there. And the Col- the uh, Raiders had just apparently lost sight of how to use it. The Cowboys have not lost that sight. Dak Prescott is balling as a result. And they're feeding off each other. And even Zeke is, is playing better. The whole team is on an incredible upswing with Cooper in town. And so I'm going to take him over Diggs.
1: All right, Betts, who are you taking?
2: I like it. Real quick, do you guys still think that they overpaid for him? After what we've seen? That, it's a small
0: sample size. I'm not ready to change my mind. So. Yeah, but they're
2: virtually locked to win the East at this point. Yeah,
1: I'm going to say no, they did not overpay.
2: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question myself. I just wanted to get your guys' take on it. But, man, it has been incredible with Amari Cooper and what he's done for that offense. It's hard to put into words because it's been so good. I don't know how you go against this guy in any sort of – player pick him based off what he's done so I take Cooper as well uh the main reason for that is because we talked about the the coaching change uh and the new play caller so if they go back to the run a little more I think that takes from Diggs so I'm gonna lean Cooper in this one
1: yeah and I'm taking Stefan Diggs at home uh, refreshed revitalized uh somehow maybe we'll get an entirely new offensive line to play in this game but uh no I think are they we taking find applications for uh, right tackle I mean, I, I played, so That's technically saying, it's, on <laughs> it's on the resume. It's on the resume. Brian O'Neill did just get hurt, so they're going to need me to step in instead of Rashad <laughs> Hill. But You've got the playoff uh, beard all ready to go. Yeah, exactly. I just need to pack on a like, I don't know, 150 pounds or something like that. Doable. It's doable. It's doable. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our starts of the week. Drivers,
0: start your engines!
1: Fun fact, when I was making these drops, do, do you know how many times I had to listen to Driver Start Your Engines to find a good one? Because there were a lot of bad ones. Really? I, I like pulled up races from, they're like <laughs> compilations of Driver Start Your Engines. There's a ton of bad ones. I finally found a good one. So it was probably like 20, 25. I enjoyed that anecdote, Kent. Thank you. Yeah, that is fun. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about football. <laughs> um, uh, look, it's your semifinals. You, you got to win. So these are the guys who we think you can play that'll win your matchup. Uh, Go off, get some crazy points. So we'll start with bets on this one. Tell me who your start of the week is for week 15. Yes, I'm going back
2: to a guy that's been red hot as of late, with the exception of last week. Uh, We've kind of already talked about that Monday Night Football matchup with the Seahawks and the Vikings. My start of the week this week is Tyler Lockett. Uh, He didn't really have a a terrible game on Monday Night, but it wasn't what we're used to, which is a touchdown. That's what he does. He catches touchdowns uh, every week. And I think that happens again this week. They're taking on the Niners, a team that is just absolutely terrible against the pass and terrible against fantasy wide receivers. They're giving up 28 receiving touchdowns, which is the third most in the NFL. They are currently giving up the fifth most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. So the matchup is fantastic. The teams just played two weeks ago uh, in week 13. And in that matchup, Tyler Lockett did find the end zone Russell Wilson threw for three touchdowns. I don't know how he doesn't do that again, and potentially four. Uh, and when he's you know balling out the way that he does, and he's throwing all those touchdown passes against a terrible team, I'd ha- I find it very hard to not predict at least one of those going to Tyler Lockett. So I think he finds the end zone here and has a nice day through the air as well. One other uh, interesting stat I found when kind of researching the start of the week can't you appreciate this when you referenced Willie Sneed a couple of weeks ago uh, with the the racer. <laughs> the racr uh which is the the ratio for the air yards and the conversion rate which is pretty much what a player gets in terms of um, air yards versus what they actually receive and so for tyler lockett in that week 13 matchup it was 1.26 which means uh he was receiving more than what his air yards were so there was a lot of yards after the catch is basically what i read into that yeah i think that happens again in this week i don't know how you don't play tyler lockett in your flex this week he's a phenomenal start
1: yeah, with that Baldwin injury looming, I think that's a it's a solid choice. David Moore is just whatever. I, I don't think he's much of a threat, so I'm with it. All right, uh Okada, let's let's swing over to you. Who's your start of the week? So, I
0: have a name on the dock, but I decided to pivot. Ooh. Ooh. Um this this Tyler this Tyler Lockett talk got me excited about a receiver on the other side of the field. So, I'm going to go with Dante Pettis. Hmm. Dante Pettis, rookie wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, has been lights out over the past three weeks. He he missed the majority of the season, actually. Uh, I think he got injured on a punt return, which is really unfortunate, and missed several weeks. But since their week 11 bye, he has four catches for 77 and a touchdown, five catches for 129 and two touchdowns, and three catches for 49 and a touchdown last week. And the only reason he didn't have more yards last week is because George Kittle took up an entire team's worth of receiving <laughs> yards for himself. And in case you were wondering, that 129-2 game was against the Seattle Seahawks. And that was in Seattle, which is not where they are now. They're in San Francisco. So, I'm going to say in the flames, the hot fire of Dante Pettis... I don't care who his quarterback is, and in this case, it's not a great one. Although he is fun, Nick Mullins, give me give me Dante Pettis. Let's let's go uh, let's go win some semifinal matchups with a out of the blue rookie wide receiver.
1: I love it. Uh, he was one of my starts of the week on the uh, Tilt podcast I just recorded. So uh, I'm with you. I said almost exactly those same arguments. So great I minds, love it, obviously. great minds. Yeah, yeah what? Yeah. What do the
2: NFL schedule makers do? I mean, the teams literally just played each other two weeks ago. I don't understand why they're so you, close back-to-back, back, but in any think case, it's you, easy. Have, you have to think that the both offenses, and this will kind of strengthen what you're arguing here, Okada, as well as what I'm saying about Tyler Lockett, they have to go back and look at the tape and say, this worked, let's do it again.
1: <laughs> All right, well, I'll go ahead and, and wrap up the starts of the week and give you mine. It's uh, you, you know I love them. It's DJ Moore. And he's proving that he's the wide receiver one on his team. Uh, that was that was never a question in my mind that by the end of the season he was going to be the top receiver. Devin Funches just isn't built in that mold. He doesn't have the athletic upside that DJ Moore does. And uh, Moore's been working hard and, and developing the skills that he was definitely lacking coming into the draft and into the NFL in the last four weeks, he's had at least eight targets every single week, at least four receptions, at least forty-four yards every single week. There's only one touchdown in that stretch, but uh, you know it, you can you can't really bank on those. You're, you're going to kind of take those with variance. But he's going up against the New Orleans Saints this week, who have been giving up tons of yards to wide receivers and fantasy points. They're playing at home in Carolina. Uh, I am a little bit worried about Cam Newton, but I. Don't really think it matters um, because I think if Cam Newton doesn't play, then the uh, Car- uh, excuse me the Panthers are going to be behind the Saints, which they probably are anyway. And there's just going to be tons of throwing the ball, so it's probably going to lead to another eight or more target outing for DJ Moore. He's just electric when he gets the ball in his hands. He'll probably get a couple of rushing attempts as well. It's always uh, possible he could break one off for a long run. So. Yeah, uh, I'm ready to start him. He's the wide receiver one on the Panthers from here on out. Lock him in. Okay, what
2: are your uh, what are your thoughts on the emergence here recently, though, of, of Curtis Samuel? Does that worry you at all?
1: No, I, if anything, it helps. I mean, we've seen offenses where two wide receivers can survive, and granted, yes, Christian McCaffrey is there as well. But uh, since Greg Olson has less, left this offense, I think there's still enough targets to justify all three of these guys being worth uh, at minimum of well okay so let me clarify what I'm trying to say here Curtis Samuel is flex worthy I think DJ Moore's wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside and obviously Christian McCaffrey is a top five at, at worst uh, running back so it it's it's possible that they all get enough targets to make make the offense work
2: well, yeah
0: and I have a quick question would you consider yeah. more an upside play or a safety play?
1: I mean, that's kind of tough. I think. Yeah. what I've been seeing recently, he he is safe. If I think if you go back and look at the box score all year, you'd probably think, oh, he's not very safe. He's had a couple of you know one catch games, but really, he wasn't starting until week eight. Uh, it was still Devin Funches and even uh, Torrey Smith, right? For a while, was wasn't he? Still starting early in the year. So it it took him a while to get worked into the starting lineup, so to speak. And since that point, he's only had one really bad performance. He's had uh, two kind of mediocre ones. But most of them have been solid. So I I think I can call him safe at this point. But he definitely has upside. And with that being said, let's go ahead and move on over to our sits of the week why do you do this to me i'm
0: benching you lewis i don't want to hear another word out of you
1: sit down all right let's talk about some guys actually i'm noticing now as i look at the doc that we are all benching quarterbacks this week so certainly this could lead to some interesting discussion uh let's start with bets again on this one uh tell me who your sit of the week is
2: yeah we are all benching top tier options at the quarterback position too to be honest with you so good luck out there uh the guy that i'm going to bench this week and I can definitely understand if you are playing him, but for me, this is a, if you have a better option, go with it and pivot away from a guy that I think we all told you to trade for three weeks ago. It's Cam Newton. The playoff matchups and, and schedule moving forward, like we talked about, was phenomenal, but there's one issue, and that's that right shoulder. He is currently injured, and, and he's battling through injury and playing with soreness, and he's already admitted himself he's not rolled out yet in off-season surgery we need to bring up the fact that cam newton back in 2017 in march had rotator cuff repair surgery to his throwing shoulder and that rotator cuff is the number one uh you know biggest factor for a throwing athlete baseball players quarterbacks etc um so if that's either reaggravated or injured you know subsequently the season it's not good news for cam newton and i went back and actually watched his last two starts every throw that he's made and the thing that I've noticed is that he doesn't look comfortable in the pocket when there's pressure around him. He has to change his arm angle, and he's throwing it into the ground, into the feet of um, you know his receivers. He just doesn't look good. And from an injury perspective, it worries me. He's been on the injury report now with his shoulder injury since week eight, um, and he hasn't had multiple full practices in a week since week nine. So he is gutting it out, battling through it. And his play on the field has really suffered as a result. When you look at what he was, the... You know, first eleven weeks of the season, he was quarterback five. It was fantastic. Weeks twelve to fourteen, quarterback eighteen, almost as bad as one of our other set of the weeks. And so, I just think for those reasons, and you know, he can't he can't do what he's been doing all year. It's severely limiting him. And sure, I could get you know look like an idiot by uh by Tuesday morning when Cam goes out he could dump off you know to Kirsten McCaffrey and he could take it 60 yards of the house and it makes your day but for me I don't feel comfortable relying on that and I would rather start a quarterback who has a little bit more upside and safety this week especially in the semifinals
1: well you made me feel a lot worse about my DJ Moore pick
2: <laughs> well I was gonna say actually Ken I I do think DJ Moore still has an okay day because of how they use him you were saying you know yeah. they, they get him on the ball you know on reverses and jet sweeps and those kind of things and he does catch you know those short balls which that's what cam newton can do right now when you look at his throws over the past you know uh three weeks or so throws over 20 yards he's three of 12 throws over 15 yards he's just six of 19
1: all right well uh yeah i i think dj could st- still be okay but i i would understand sitting down Cam. so let's let's move on to our second big name quarterback Who's gonna be sat down? Let's let's go with the second biggest, uh, and that means you, Okada. Second uh, biggest. Who Whoa! Yeah, sit, or first biggest? I guess I don't uh, know. Yeah, this year, not yeah. really, I already went first. So it's by default. Yeah. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. Who's sitting the best quarterback
0: what, here? One one person is
1: already gone, so you're second. I think. Oh, oh, but. oh I
0: see. I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So listen. Last week, I made the worst passer in the NFL my start of the week, and it worked out quite nicely, despite all of your guys is booing. This week, I'm making the league's best passer my sit of the week, and it is Aaron Rodgers. Unfortunately, apparently, firing McCarthy did not heal the Green Bay Packers. They still did not look great. He had an okay fantasy day, but only managed 196 passing yards and two touchdowns versus the Falcons' defense at home. That's the Falcons' defense. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah. He has not he has not hit a Rodgers like number of 25 points since week six, and now he is heading into Chicago against the Bears. So big, so scary. We talked about it with the running game up top. Same thing for the passing game. We just saw Jared Goff put up not only the worst passing performance of his career, which is saying something, consider how bad he was in his first season. But one of the worst fantasy performances of this entire year by any quarterback. Negative points. Aaron Rodgers is going to struggle in Chicago. It's going to be cold again. He can deal with that probably a little better than Goff, but it doesn't matter when it's as cold as it is and you have the guys on the Chicago side of the the ball coming at you that they do. Also, his right tackle, Brian Balaga, probably trending out. Which means it's gonna be Khalil Mack versus a backup. Give me over under three sacks from Khalil Mack alone. Yes please. Probably a pick six for that defense. I think Rodgers is sub fifteen points this week. I would and I, I actually went through and ranked my quarterbacks just so I could see. And I have him outside my top twenty. Here is just a quick Woo! list of names. That's, oh, yes. Geez. That's some fire. All, all the normal guys, all the the auto starts, and then here's a quick list of guys I would start over him as well: Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen again, and don't tell me otherwise. Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky on the other side of this game. Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Marcus Mariota, and are you ready for this? Jeff Driscoll and Nick Ooh. Foles. No. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Way. Ooh. Nick Foles. Yes, I don't know. Sir. Listen, uh, listen, Nick Foles is a capable passer. He's going to be passing a lot against that, that Rams team. And Rodgers is going to be a dud. Sub-15 well, points. Give I, me all those guys.
1: I can agree with that. The, I think he's going to go sub-10, depending on your scoring. I mean, it's just things are not looking good over there. And broken down offensive line, revolving receivers. Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's not a good look.
2: Yeah, and Okada, I don't mean to say that I don't agree with you because I absolutely do, and I almost <laughs> made him my sit of the week, um, but I can't play Nick Foles over Aaron Rodgers.
1: Listen, man, we're talking about yeah, a Yeah, I, I MVP can't either. 400-plus <laughs> yards? Oh, my God, Bowl. that's a long time ago. <laughs> it's not. No, what the Eagles are going to do this
2: Sunday is run seven Philly specials, True. bring it back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Although, Corey Clements now after the year. That's
1: the only play he's good at. That's the only thing (laughs) he can do. Do You guys remember week one, the team
2: was struggling so bad. They had like a fourth down call at midfield, and they called it again. Nick Foles caught it again, and from then on, they played well the rest of the game. So don't be surprised. It's going to happen. First
1: play of the game, Philly special. (laughs) Man, that's funny. Um, All right, well, I'll I'll close up the trio here of of quarterbacks. Mine's a little bit less illustrious than, than the two guys that you listed. Uh, But it's Jameis Winston who's coming off three really solid games, um, 20-plus fantasy points, all three, and now he gets to go and play against the Ravens, which, if you've been paying attention to the NFL this year, that's not normally a good thing for um, opposing teams. The Ravens' defense is top 10 in almost every defensive statistical category. And it's in Baltimore. This Ravens team we've seen since Lamar Jackson has taken over has just been a time of possession, run the ball, grinding game. And I mean, last week, Pat Mahomes did a good job. He's Pat Mahomes. He's good. He only threw two touchdown interceptions, or excuse me, touchdowns. What's a touchdown (laughs) interception? That's not a thing. Um, that is impressive. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea what I was trying to go for there, but uh, Mahomes only threw touch, two touchdown passes. Granted, he had over 300 yards, but that's a that's a bad day for Mahomes. And I think that Winston, who's much more prone to throwing interceptions, he can't throw the no look pass. Did you see that from Mahomes yes, last week? That was oh nice. my gosh, he's amazing. Um,
2: that wasn't even his yeah. best
1: pass. He had another one where he no. threw it like literally
0: behind his back, pretty much to Hill, like 30 yards down the field. He's, he's out yeah. of control.
1: It's, it's dumb. But anyway, uh, Jameis Winston, look, we've talked about this before. He could get benched for Fitzpatrick at any point in time because of that contract situation where if he gets hurt, the the Buccaneers owe him a lot of money, and they don't want to pay a lot of money to a quarterback they're not sure is the quarterback of the future. So if there's two interceptions, which I am almost guaranteed there will be for Winston, uh, you could see Fitzmagic come out in this game. So I'm not going to play him, even though he's been looking good recently.
0: You know what's funny is your sit of the Week, despite being the least illustrious name, is actually probably the spiciest because he's been the best fantasy quarterback of these three.
1: Yeah, he's been on he fire. Really My start of the but week last week. Yeah. It's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. And, I mean, he was fine last week. He was pretty good. The interception at the end kind of sucked, but, you know, what are you going to do? They're trying to win the game. But, uh, anyway... Let's uh, let's go ahead and swing over to the mailbag. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? All right, we got these questions coming in on Twitter. We had uh, actually quite a bit of them this week, so we got plenty of time here. We can break them down, uh, and we'll give you some answers. So, up first, we have a question from at Western Subs, and the question is: Can't trust Trey Burton in non-PPR. Which scrap heap tight end should I start? A pron- uh, uh, The opponent has Ebron. It's gross. I know. And we have a picture here of all the available tight ends. Vernon Davis, Vance McDonald, C.J. Uzama, uh, Gerald Everett, Chris Herndon, Ben Watson, Dallas Gordert, Ricky seals Jones, and Antonio Gates. Guys, who's your selection from this list?
0: It's pretty easily Uzama for me. I think he has the best chance at a touchdown of this group, probably also the best chance at, let's say, four catches. So with that kind of baseline and that kind of upside, I will take C.J.,
2: yeah, I don't. I don't hate that CJ Uzama pick because the targets have been there. And honestly, when you're looking at tight end without the top three, that's really all that matters because it's so bad. Uh, so I don't mind that call. And actually, I don't mind Dallas Goddard for a sneaky play with Nick Foles Essentially starting. We saw what his talent is and how good he can be. I expect that offense to be trailing literally the entire game from kickoff. Uh, the Rams are going to are going to return the kickoff, <laughs> um, but. Uh, see him target a ton of Zach Ertz and a ton of Dallas Goddard. So I would say of those two, um, you know, I, I like those those options.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. from a fantasy standpoint. It's been really unfortunate to watch him be so good, but stuck behind Zach Ertz on that offense. I wish he was somewhere else, so we'd have another good starting tight end.
1: I'm I'm still going with CJ Uzama here. Uh, the rank uh, the Raiders are the worst against the tight end position, and the Browns are like bottom ten or something. They're pretty bad as well. So uh those yeah. are his next he's two gonna... matchups what's that
0: yeah th- those are his next two matchups
1: yeah he plays the Raiders this week and then the yep. uh the Browns next week nice. so he's at least gonna be if you I mean if like he is looking for scraps right now you probably want one you could start both weeks uh because you're not gonna want to try and stream one in the championship week so I just go with CJ like you said targets are there let's move on to a question from at Mar B Marpster's marbsters okay well the capital b kind of threw me off i wasn't sure if it like broke it up or anyway um <laughs> if where is out and it looks like he will be where would you rank Damian williams or excuse me would you rank Damian williams over sony michelle my answer is no not even close
0: oh See, um i, ugh, I wish do, specified you want to know PPR,
1: because that because i'll, that I'll helps. gladly well, let's just assume half. I mean, okay. I, okay, that's that's how I always kind of assume if they don't specify. But I'll tell you why. I don't think it's unreasonable that Charkandrick West gets used more on the ground than Damian Williams does. Charkandrick West has had one season with more rushing attempts than Damian Williams has had ever. He's played four years with Miami. He's had like 130 rushing attempts total. He's a pass catcher and he's pretty good at that but i don't think they're going to use him on the ground they're not going to give him a full workload like they would wear or or hunt uh if anything it's probably a split between west and uh damian williams and west west has familiarity with the system so there's no reason he can't jump right back in and contribute in some way so i don't like it
0: sadly for me as a patriots fan i think i'm going to i'm going to take williams and sit sony and as a sony fan by the way i love sony yeah, I, I would start Damian Williams, if wears is out, over Michelle. They're going up against the Steelers, who have had a very, very good run defense. And Tom Brady has come back alive, at least last week he did. And Gronk and Josh Gordon have been two of the guys to own the Steelers over the years. Gordon actually as a Brown, and Gronk obviously as a Patriot. But I see this being a game where they want to make a statement, the Patriots do, that Tom Brady and all of his weapons are still the the dominant offense in this league, and they run up a ton of points, probably probably from both sides. But that's good because it keeps the passing going. It's I don't think it's good for Sony, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I'm gonna sit him down,
2: even for Damian Williams. Wow, bets break the tie. I'll break the tie here. I lean with you, Okada, James Devlin. For whatever reason, is taking uh-huh. all of Sony the Michelle's. Oh, you yeah, the daredevil. All of uh, Sonny Michelle's goal line work, and that really has hindered his fantasy value these past two weeks. Now, do I think that's actually going to happen a lot moving forward? Probably not, but maybe they get tricky and they say, he's our goal line back. I don't know. They're the Patriots. They do I'll tell things. you the
0: reason, Betts, is because he's so dang good at it. <laughs> he is good at it, I will he's say. He's got like six rushes and four touchdowns. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll
2: take the volume in a running back where I think it's going to be a high-scoring game on Thursday. Uh, and The thing that's interesting is from this last week, the two running backs almost split 50-50. It was uh, 43 snaps and 41 snaps for Ware and Williams, and they were neck and neck. And so I think they say, you know, you've done enough to show us that you're capable in this offense. And when Pat Mahomes is slinging the rock everywhere and they have a lot of opportunities to score, uh, I'll take the running back in that situation.
1: All right, well, there you have it. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to the next question from at Kevin underscore Galoosh. Is Dante Pettis worth flexing over Calvin Ridley, D.D. Westbrook, and Jordan Howard in a semifinal matchup where I'm projected to lose by 29? Yes. Your thoughts.
0: Um, It's a very easy decision for me over those two receivers. He's my start of the week. I love him. I did take a little bit of pause looking at Jordan Howard because I feel like they're honestly going to crush the Packers in this game. And there's a chance that Howard gets a lot of work and a couple touchdowns. But, honestly, I don't think I'm willing to trust him, so no. I would go Dante say. Pettis. Also, he makes that note about projected lose by 29 as if he's mainly looking for upside. I think Pettis might be the safest of these guys and have the most upside. He's been yeah. great. Give me Dante.
2: Yeah, I echo everything that you guys have said there. And One thing that didn't copy over when I copy and pasted this into the doc is the emoji with the guy with his hands on his cheeks with his oh. mouth saying, oh. <laughs> oh, no. Scream face. Uh, yes. So <laughs> our friend here is a little worried, and I think Dante Pettis will help you out here, Kevin. So I would play Dante Pettis over those three options.
1: Yeah, I love Pettis this week. He's, uh, he's a good start. Let's move on to a question from at Samper Alvaro. And the question is, should I pick up Henry or Jackson for my flex? That must be uh, Derrick Derek Lamar, Henry Jack? and Justin Wait. Jackson? Oh, Justin Derek Jackson, Henry. yeah. I was very confused for a second. Yeah, Justin Jackson, Derrick Henry. Okay. I don't trust Sony against his c- coach. What? Uh, yeah. I don't trust Sony coach. against Pittsburgh. I get it. Bill against Belichick. his coach. Because Bill Belichick is his worst enemy because he's going to put James Devlin in on the goal line. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> anyway, do you want to play Derrick Henry or Justin Jackson in the flex over Sony Michelle? That's the question.
0: Well, I just gave you guys my Sony take, and it I think it carries over here as well. Justin Jackson, I would start him over Sony Michelle if Melvin Gordon is out. Probably not if Melvin Gordon is not out, although I still think Justin Jackson might have some value, by the way. Eckler carried some value with Gordon in for most of the season. As for Derrick Henry, man, I don't want to chase those points, but I probably will over Sony Michelle. Sadly, I really don't like Sony this week.
1: Wow! No, I take I take Sony over Henry Jackson. It again hinges on Melvin Gordon. If Melvin Gordon is out, I take Jackson. If he's in, I take Sony.
2: Yeah, I'm with Kent. I literally agree with that exact same analysis, and I would
1: do the same thing. All right, let's go to a question from at FF. Oh, uh, poll tsunami! Do you think the Chargers will really turn to Justin Jackson, or does this mean that they will throw? more what are your thoughts good follow-up to the previous question yeah i
2: think regardless they're gonna have to throw more even if it is melvin gordon because it's pat mahomes man i mean they, they're gonna have to keep up and this is going to be a high-flying game with a lot of points i think on the board um i will say i don't know that it matters a ton because of of justin jackson relative to another another back, he's capable of catching the ball out of the backfield. And we've seen the immense value that Melvin Gordon has brought through the passing game this year. So uh, for fantasy purposes, I don't know that it matters a ton. I would still be comfortable uh, playing Jackson if Melvin Gordon is out.
0: Yeah, also, if you're going up against a team like this in the Chiefs and you're a solid enough team like the Chargers that you can stick with them and not just be behind by three touchdowns, I think that actually favors a good running back who can wear down the clock and keep uh, Mahomes and them off the field. And the Chiefs are awful at defending the run. They're worse at defending the run than they are against the pass. So if you want to move the ball down the field, it's probably a good idea to actually feed your running back. So I will I will definitely start Justin Jackson if he's the main back. And we already talked about if Gordon is in, definitely start Gordon. And I would even consider Jackson in that case.
1: I agree on all fronts. Um, but I also want to comment and say I believe this is like a Keenan Allen 15 reception game. Mm. Honestly, I really do. Yeah. That's how it feels. But, all right, let's go on to the last question of the week coming in from uh, uh, a usual fan. It's at Finlay underscore AJ. Who to start at the flex half point per reception, Kenneth Dixon, Sony Michelle, or Randall Cobb? This is a good question.
0: Wow, this is a tough one.
1: Actually, i gotta, I got to look at some stats. If anyone's got something to, to throw out there, go for it.
0: There's no way it's Randall Cobb. That's exactly what I was going that exactly to the say. There's no way you can play <laughs> Randall Cobb. Trash. Put him in the trash. Uh, who's left?
2: Kenneth Dixon, and Sonny Michel. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I feel like I would probably lean Sonny Michel. We talked about the fact that he's not fine in the end zone recently, but he's still getting a lot of work last two weeks 20 carries and 17 carries so it's that's still there and i don't know that kenneth dixon's quantity i should say of touches will be as high as sony but i think his quality will be a little higher so how safe do you feel do you want to go with the volume or do you want to go with more upside and i think dixon honestly probably has a little bit more upside than michelle this week but personally i'm picking michelle
1: yeah Man, okay, so I wanted to pull up Randall Cop's stats because he's you know, he's two weeks back from his injury, although now he's got a hamstring injury, and that's concerning, and he's playing the Bears, but we talked about it last week how the Bears are actually allowing a decent amount of yards and receptions, so Oh, I don't wanna do it, but I
2: don't do it, Kent.
1: Oh my god, I don't I let's put it this way I'm gonna pick Sony Michelle here. But I will not be surprised if Cobb's the highest scoring of these three. I really won't. All right,
0: I'm gonna. Ugh, I, I can't believe I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna stick to my guns on Sony and keep up with my fire, and I'm gonna pick Dixon. Yeah. So we have not helped I, this listener out at all. He's gonna. <laughs> I know. Sorry, <laughs> listener. But he, I think he's gonna outcatch Sony Michelle by four or five catches, which is two or two and a half points in this format, and honestly has a better chance. At a touch touchdown, mm. so give me Kenneth Dixon. I ugh, I gotta say I, I do like, like Kenneth
1: Dixon. I I like Kenneth Dixon's situation this week. I just like Sony Michelle more as a player, and I think he's his workload is good enough to to overcome the difference. But yeah.
0: I definitely like him more as a player. Let's not get that confused. I love Sony Michelle, and I hate Kenneth Dixon, but...
1: Well, see, I love Kenneth Dixon as a player, though. True. So, no, I'm just kidding. He's not better than Sony. I do like him. Anyway. Kent loves him. All right. <laughs> all right, that's going to wrap up the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, you get out there, win those semi-final uh, games, and get on to your championship game. That's what we're all here for. So... Uh, you can reach me uh, on Twitter at Kent Wyrock. That's very German, and you can figure that out. But uh, guys, drop your Twitter handle.
0: I am at Fantasy Sensei. Uh, I think we should send out a call to all listeners who make their championships to send us a tweet at Richards yes. FF Pod and let us know if you made your championship. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yes, please all do right, that,
2: and, and you can all find me on Twitter as well at the Fantasy PT.
1: And we are the Red Shirts. You can find us as a pod. We have the the show page. It's at Red Shirts FF Pod. We got the waiver show uh, next week, last one actually. So that'll be sad. And mm. next Wednesday we'll be back to talk about your matchups for the championship week. So hopefully you're there with us, sticking to the program. And uh, thanks for listening once again. We are the Red Shirts. <laughs>
0: Come oh, here comes the
1: oh, Here comes oh, here comes